every business says they're better. But the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at BBB.org. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a football bonus episode on the Ultimate Spider-Man pod. I'm Super John. Super Bowl extravaganza. I'm Zach. Yep. Zach and I were, were wanting to do a bonus episode and Super Bowl Sunday was rolling around and and we thought what a better way to do it than to recap when Spider-Man saved the universe playing football. Not our Spider-Man, uh, but the other Spider-Man, you know, you know what we mean. <laughs> Is it still Peter? OK, we'll get it. We can get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a okay. tease. Did uh, is there anything else different about this episode, John? There is. I, I think I noticed some other different type of music besides. Are you ready for some football? It sounded a little uh, a little crazier than our normal intro music. We had two songs right at the get go that might have uh, thrown some listeners might have might have shattered some expectations. So as I'm sure you noticed, um, our standard intro song uh, arranged by Ian Hickey is not on this episode, but it, we liked it so much. We had Ian Hickey make us another one just for these special little bonuses that you guys are going to get. So from now until the end of time, when you hear that extra funky version of our theme song, you know, you're in for a bonus episode. Yep. Thank you, Ian. Yeah, you killed it on both. So, Zach, you've got news that you wouldn't tell me. Got big news. Um, yeah, so I texted and I you. And I took early. a guess, but, it, but you're not, we'll see. You're not right. Okay, okay, oh, okay. Not a bun in the oven. Um, so this week, Shyla and I did a date to the Nine Lives Cat Cafe in well, Fountain Square. Yeah, yep. We went there just on a date and they have all these kittens and everything and they're all playful and cute. And then there's one older one that's like in the corner that's like kind of like scared or whatever. And, you know, our two cats are named who Storm I can see crawling up on the cat tree behind you. Yes, their names are Storm and Rogue from the X-Men. OK, and I see oh, this, this one had an X-Men name. Jean I see Grey. this. This one little cat pop her head around the corner and I'm like, oh, she's so beautiful. What's that one's name? And they're like, oh, that's Jubilee. Oh, my gosh. She's the oldest one here that's still up for adoption. <laughs> she's like a year and a half old. She looks exactly like that. Like she looks more like Storm's sister than Rogue does. Um, and I petted her for like. 40 minutes and then Shyla petted her for like 40 minutes and then we petted her together for like 40 minutes and she just like melted into our oh laps. Oh my gosh. So and you got her. Yeah, we got her. Amazing. So they have never met another cat since they were like kittens. 
And I don't even know if they remember meeting my old dog because that was so long ago, too. So she's in the bathroom right now. I was like researching how do you best acquaint them because we don't just want them to fight. Smell through the door. She's in the bathroom. Put like a gate up so they can see each other. And then you just integrate them. Yep. So she's been with us one night. I got hardly any sleep last night because she kept crying in the bathroom because she was alone. So from like midnight to one and then from like two to seven, I was in there with her. Um, And I I know you have fostered cats before. You've introduced new cats. Yeah. I wanted to get your take on it. I've already done a lot of research, but no, I mean, anything you can add. That's, that's that's perfect. And maybe, um, she might like, I doubt she's going to be aggressive at all because she's got to be so comfortable with other cats. So hopefully that like sense will just make it. So your other cats are not aggressive because we have fostered some cats and the really old ones that we got when they were like hurt and chill and just like wanted to like relax and do nothing. You know, Omaha, which is my cat, she got along with them without any like aggressive stuff. They just hung out, you know, but then there's been other ones where, you know, if Omaha's getting hissed at, she hisses back. And Percy is an absolute psycho. He just hates <laughs> everything. So with some cats, it's that's just going to, you know, I bring like the teeniest kitten home and Percy is like in attack mode. It's insane. So yeah. I don't know. May, I, I, I think it'll be easy since she's already chill and you're doing it the right way. Like, yeah, so they can smell each other and stuff like that. So because I'm not really used to or like didn't have a baseline of what to expect as far as behavior on other sides of the door. They, they all clearly know that the other ones are there now. They, they've heard her meow and she knows that there's other cats on the other side. Um, They're not like hissing at the door and beating it or anything. Like one of them seems pretty focused on it. Like she'll walk by that door and look at it more and like, kind of meow at it sometimes the other one acts like she couldn't care less she hears the meows and she's just like oh yeah that's the new cat that's in the bathroom like she's surprisingly chill about it do you think that's like a sign of good things to come or is it too early to tell yeah i think they'll be chill i got a good feeling i'm confident i hope so i was a nervous wreck because i had fallen in love with this cat and i was like clearly she's smitten by us too. And I'm like, what if I have to bring her back because they don't get along? I was like, no, shaking but you know what? They'll learn. They learn. They'll just live with it. It's not like, you know, sometimes they don't have a choice at a certain point, you know? Right. But if they don't know that they can, you know, yeah. Be- beat the crap out of her. Yeah. Thinking yeah. it'll come to an end sometime. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Congrats. Thank sort you. of a bun in the oven. Yes. Um, it, yeah, it's funny. Like, we had other people that we kind of teased it to, and they were, like, guessing baby stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, no, but our family is growing by one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that is awesome. That is fantastic news. I love yes. it. Yes. I've Thank been wanting you. another kitten myself. Yeah. It's weird. She's. I mean, she's like a full-grown cat, but we have to think of her as the baby because, you know, yeah. she's... 
like oh yeah five, five and a half years younger than the other ones and it's like yeah. but she's the same size it's it's weird to wrap our heads around yeah that is all right let's get into football are you ready for some football <laughs> <laughs> so this is the stanley presents web of spider-man titled fourth and eternity great title written by jim shooter penciled by sal bushima inked by Vince Coletta, lettered by Rick Parker, and colored by the one and only Janet Jackson. There's another Janet Jackson, apparently. (laughs) Okay, so Spider-Man is in his black suit. I thought this was Venom for the first couple minutes reading this. But Spider-Man is in his black suit watching a group of kids playing football from the side of a building. We are clearly in the sixth. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. I'm going to interject here just interject for a, a lot interject a context lot. so we said at the beginning this is not our peter parker so we are following the ultimate spider-man in our main series of earth 1610 this is the main marvel universe earth 616 the spider-man that uh stanley created and and steve ditko created in 1963 so this is a much older issue. I think this is from like 87 or something. Is this the 80s? I thought it was older. I thought it was the 60s. No, it's like the <laughs> mid 80s. So um, when John says he's in the, his black suit, it's like the black symbiote suit that I'm sure you've seen in any, uh, you know, iteration of Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man 3 had it. I'm sure the video games have had yeah. it. It's the alien like I said, suit. I thought, I thought it was Venom. I thought it's, this was going to be a Venom versus Spider-Man football game. On the and gridiron. And I am so glad I was wrong. And I I would have loved reading that. But but this was... I well, don't I think Venom would adhere... to get into it. I don't think Venom would adhere to any rules. I think he'd be like... Yeah. In Dominican Sue out there just like stepping on people's in, faces, eating in, their heads off. In my notes... In my notes after I read this first like two panels and i like you know typed up notes on it i said i can't wait to watch venom f up some kids in football because <laughs> i <laughs> thought that's what was gonna happen i was like you know we and we find out right away the team's down by like a million points and i was like venom's gonna come in and just like <laughs> run over these kids i'm like 90 percent sure this issue even predates venom as a character oh really okay that's interesting. Okay, well, so Spider-Man is watching from the side of a building, kids playing football, and the first page, it's just ph- phenomenal. I'm going to read it. Well, well, some of the local young gentle lurkins are tossing the old oblong pigskin around. Are there no windows left to break? No old folks left to mug? Ball's probably full of crack. <laughs> Yep, that's Jim Shooter writing for you. <laughs> is it? I, I don't know who that is. But I was, he was, that's why I thought it was the 60s. I was like, this is so strange. Oh, no. Jim Shooter is like the most Stan Lee writer since Stan Lee, probably. He wasn't even oh, supposed to be a writer. That's why he's, I thought it was the 60s. <laughs> he's So he was the editor of Marvel Comics, and his his run as editor had many highs and many lows. And 
uh he only wrote like a few things that i know of like he did um the secret wars and secret wars 2 events those were kind of his babies and his dialogue to be a really big thing now he's probably hopefully he's getting some royalties but well, I, they actually reused that name for a different event in 2015, and I think that's what the MCU is going to be based oh, off of. Well, then he's definitely not getting royalties. <laughs> if yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But um, yeah, I don't generally care for Jim Shooter dialogue, but I will give him credit for this story because it was kind of a cute one. I yeah. I'm I uh I'm very happy with it and I love gentle gherkins or whatever. Gentle I had Lurkins. to look it up to even know what that meant. Is it a real it word? Like it's like young well lurkins is like hooligan kids. So it's like gentle lurkins is like gentlemen, you know, like is I don't know. <laughs> Gentlemanly Amazing. hooligans. I can really see Peter Parker saying this. I Okay. I, yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't see anyone saying this except for maybe Jim Shooter, an old racist man. Yeah, get off These my lawn. Gentle Larkins are playing football with their crack ball. Yeah. Zooming in on the kids, we see we have a football game going on. I'm going to call the teams the red team and the blue team. The red team has thrown a touchdown pass to what appears to be their best player named Truck, and he absolutely trucks over the younger smaller defenders on his way to the end zone think marshawn lynch in his run against the saints yeah this is clearly like the backyard football games that you actually see in real life where it's like you know there'll be a bunch of nine and ten year olds and then like the you know 18 year old senior high school actual (laughs) football player who's like someone's brother or something like he is a He's probably a teenager, but he's like fully grown and he's yeah. muscular. And I mean, these these kids like haven't even hit puberty yet that he's just <laughs> running through. So he scores and the score is now 42 to zero red team. And I can't help but quickly notice 420. One of the kids he trucked over is hurt and can't play anymore. The injured kid suggests the red team also sits out a man to keep the teams fair. And this truck refuses and they're already up 42 to nothing. And now they're like, nope, you got to play a man down. Like really um, insecure. I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's like insecure. You know, you're already up 42 to nothing. Do you really need the the man down just so you can win like 97 to nothing? You know, yeah, he, it's not. That he wants a, a three digit point difference. Yeah. yeah. So. Truck says, so are you going to play a man short or are you going to forfeit the game? And then, boom, we get a panel of Spidey's eyes just watching and we we know what's about to happen. And that's where I said, oh, I can't wait to see Venom <laughs> just, just kill some kids on the field. <laughs> <laughs> so meanwhile, on the moon, we cut to the moon, two aliens, Asa and what appears to be his assistant or just another alien are breaking into the watcher's home for not any reason to, to kill the watcher or to steal anything from him, but just to win a bet. Asa and this guy have made a bet that Asa cannot break into the, and incapacitate the watcher in his home. And um, Asa yes, he's a Cree I know we have listeners who don't 
read comic books, don't watch the movies or whatever. Um, but for those who do follow Marvel comics, the Kree are kind of like one of the more noteworthy alien races. They're generally thought to be bad guys. They're like green, like shapeshifter dudes. And the other no, guy, that's the scrolls. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's a scroll. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, don't take it out. Don't take it out. <laughs> okay, I'm going to own my mistakes. In my defense, I do not care about Marvel Cosmic. I don't read. I, I don't. Usually when I see Korean scroll stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go back to Spider-Man and the X-Men. Yeah. Um, so he's a scroll. Okay, well, I'm still glad you said that because I didn't know. I just thought there were some random alien race. You know, I'm well, really the other guy is. I don't think the other guy is he a doesn't even get, or he does get a name. They mention it like grunt or something. He I looks like a conehead. So I'm yeah. not really sure like how they found each other, what they're doing. It's not explained. They're just gambling with each other. I think they're just oh, making a bet. Okay. This guy, this guy made a bet that he could break into the watcher's home and they bet for all of this other guy's money. It's like 1.8 billion credits or something. So then we see the watcher inside his home and he's, it says the watcher is in his home performing his duties, observing the universe. And he's just standing in his kitchen watching TV. It's that's, like, yeah, Zach. That's, that's what he do, baby. Yeah. It looks exactly like I like every single morning when I'm making breakfast. <laughs> so he, he's watching all this and he can sense that he can't see something around him and it's because this asa has some cloaking device that uh he got from galactus and it's and it's supposed to be able to cloak him from the watcher so all of a sudden he's like i can't sense what's happening i need to prepare for battle and then just when he thinks that asa breaks in and incapacitates him with the with the same weapon that's the closing device and which they doesn't the doesn't make yep. any sense to me because i know for a fact Whenever Galactus is coming around, the Watcher usually knows like he's watching for Galactus. That was like how they were both both introduced. So, so this sounded it sounded to me like so. Th so Asa says this is the first time in history uh, Watchers fallen helpless to to a non cosmic person. And his bet, the guy he made the bet with, he's like, how did you incapacitate him? You know, and. Asa's like, it's this weapon I got from Galactus. It can do, it can, it can cloak me. It can fight. It can basically do just whatever I want. So to me, it sounded like reading this. It was just like a magic weapon of a sort. Where oh, yeah. Anything he wanted it to do, it could do. Yes, that's 100% the case. And he I'm doesn't just... realize that right at this second. But as we find out, it's just, you can just do anything with this weapon. Yeah, no, I'm. I get that it's a uh, it's just a plot device, but yeah, I'm wondering like, oh, so if Galactus, Galactus had this thing, <laughs> yeah, what are you doing, bud? So we're back on the football field, and Spider Man jumps down. And he's like, "Do any of you guys need one?" And Truck says, "Spider Man can play, but they have to make special rules from him." So he gets a bunch of special rules: no webs, no jumping. He has to count to five before rushing. No super strength. It's two hand touch for Spider-Man and he has to play with one hand behind his back. So Zach right away, fair or not fair for Spider-Man. That's a lot of rules. Totally fair because he still has <laughs> agility. He still has speed. He just can't jump. And 
I don't know if spider spider sense like goes off when, you know, like there's a defender closing in on him or something or I don't know, but mm, theoretically like he, didn't actually he could have that. Yeah. But I mean, okay. super, super speed and super agility on a regular football field yeah. with someone who's got one hand and isn't jumping. That's still, you know, helpful yeah. against some kids. And you're still a grown man playing against children. <laughs> exactly. The only person even close to his size is uh, truck. truck. Yeah. Okay. I think I agree. Fair. Um. So on the very first play, Spider-Man goes long and catches a ball at the eight yard line. Zach's looking at his phone. I can tell in his notes it's he returned. They returned to kickoff, and then it was the very first play. Is that what you were about to say? Oh no, I mean that's not important. But I just oh, like okay. that he catches it with one finger because yeah. he's got. That's the other thing. He's got yeah. his sticky fingers. He just yeah. holds up his index finger, and the ball stops right on it, and it says yeah. "pick," <laughs> like as the sound effect. But he's out on the eight. And Spider-Man's like, well, it doesn't matter. We'll just score on the next play. And I think this might be why we we know he doesn't get Spidey sense for football games because on the very next play, his team fumbles and the red team recovers it. The first well, play, yes. I don't, I don't think the Spidey sense would tell him, hey, some other kid's about to fumble the ball. I think it would tell him like, hey, you're about to catch this pass and truck is behind you about to hit you or something. I I don't think it will tell him that another kid's about to fumble either because it doesn't. <laughs> right. So I just don't think but, that's evidence but, that he doesn't he's not using it. But what it okay, if someone else if like Mary Jane is in danger and Spider-Man's not and someone else has like a gun on Mary Jane, he can feel that, right? So couldn't he sense that the ball is like slipping out of this kid's hands and it's about to hurt his team. I, I don't know. I'm just, it's not an not all knowing about it. <laughs> it's not an all knowing power. First of all, I I'm sure some writer somewhere has put it in a plot that he could use his spider sense to sense danger for someone else. I don't think it should. Oh, can he normally? Oh, okay. I didn't even, I, I it might assumed. be, we you might be right. We might get to a, some point that I've forgotten about in the ultimate series where that's exactly what happens. But I'm just saying to me, that doesn't make sense. And I don't yeah. think, you know, you can put it in to serve the story, but I don't think that's right. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I wouldn't expect him to, to know that the, the ball's about to get fumbled either. And I think you're right that he can probably sense if he's about to get trucked. Because he might even do it later, but I don't. Do you, do you think Truck ever says you just got trucked to these a hundred kids times a day, walking through the halls at school? <laughs> <laughs> um. So the red team scores on their very first play. The entire team blocks Spider Man, and uh, they just throw it to Truck, and Truck trucks all the kids and runs for another touchdown, forty-one to nothing. And Spider-Man thinks to himself, man, it'd be easier to bench press a Yankee stadium than to win the game with all of these rules. So back on the moon, we learn Asa was able to sneak up on the watcher. He, we already kind of said this, but he used an old weapon of Galactus. And now with Galactus's weapon, then he thinks to himself, Oh, the watcher has a bunch of weapons. I'm going to steal these and I'm, I'm going to just like rule everything. 
And the Watcher tells him that he's not going to help him find the weapons, even if he kills him. And But he warns Asa. Asa? Asa? However did you say it? I don't think he's a main character that ever comes back. Okay. <laughs> the Watcher warns him that his weapons have safeguards all over him. So, and I think it's really funny. Asa just stomps his feet and goes, that's not fair. <laughs> and now we combine the A plot with the B plot, Zach, because we learn that Asa is a gambling addict <laughs> and he needs some action. So he asked the watcher to make a bet. And if Asa wins, then the watcher has to give him all of his weapons. And of course he's, he's going to kill him. And if the watcher wins, then he lets the watcher, he not only lets the watcher win, but he also lets the watcher take Galactus's weapon and the watcher accepts. Um, which and, the, and yeah, go on. He he has no need to do that. He had, like that was so stupid of him. He just all he did was give the watcher a way out when he had already want like Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's only because he showed up there and changed his mind and said I want his weapons too cuz if he had just been like I snuck up on the watcher, I won my bet. Like he, and he, just take his Galactus gun. He would have been fine. He, well, maybe he will be fine. Because he still gets to pick any bet in the universe that he wants to make. And, you know, they spend a couple panels flipping through the channels of the Watchers TV. And they see dinosaurs fighting and, you know, elections. And they're trying to decide what they want to bet on. And then they flip to this football game on Earth. And Asa is like why are you watching this random earth football game? And Uatsu, that's the watcher's name. He's, he's like, well, Spider-Man's playing in this game and he's kind of important. And, and Asa is like, oh my gosh, I love this game. Football is my favorite sport because he can automatically understand it because he's watching the watchers TV and it has some like psycho, what's it, the word psychological things where he it's beaming how the game works into his head as he's watching him. So he can understand like, the context. Get, yeah. Giving him the context of what he's watching, whatever's on the TV. So like with those elections, he's probably just seeing two people on screen and being like, Oh man, I just, I hate their platform on, you know, solar <laughs> panels or something like he, he probably knows. Like, that's so funny to me that, the TV screen comes with yeah, extra so all, knowledge all the that context you need for everything. Yeah. That yeah. is funny. This is, these are very Jim shooter things is, Oh, it's a weapon that also does this and also this, but those are the exact things the plot needs. And well, the TV thing would really happen for the watcher because you would not expect him to be able to watch every single second of every single thing that's happening, which means when he turns something on to see it, he has to immediately know the context of every single thing that has happened leading up to it. That's his job though. He's the watcher. <laughs> he, he documents and records and archives all this stuff. His job he is to literally watch everything. <laughs> if his TV can do that, then just DVR it, TiVo it, and send it back to watch your headquarters. That's what I'm saying. He's making breakfast, so he's just watching it to catch up on everything he missed. It seems like he's already automated his own job. Then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that's funny. He has. 
Um, okay, so we we flipped to the football game, and and now it's fifty six to nothing. So they've scored. Truck's team has scored again in the meantime, and Asa is like, okay, this is the bet that I want. They're up fifty six nothing. This is over, and he's he's already gloating on it being out of the game. And Duatu just says the game's not over. And it really reminds me of the 2006 Colts versus Patriots because you've probably seen the things also where the whole first half, Tony Dungy's just walking up and down the sideline. And he's like, "This is we're going to win. This is our time, okay? Where I promise we're going to win this game. And that's what the watcher reminded me of in this. Yeah, just a steady, confident yeah. coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's not? They don't even know is their coach. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice so, something? Um, a little bit before me. before that so there's a panel where spider-man is running the ball and he says gangway troops i'm gonna make newt rockney proud or die trying <laughs> yes i did notice that and i thought about writing should i mention the newt rockney thing and then i was like nobody's gonna care about newt rockney but well, yes I think it's funny because in 1987 or whenever this was published, nobody would oh, have cared pre- about Newt Rockney. Oh, I was thinking maybe that's when he was like the biggest coach in the nation because he was like winning with Notre Dame or something. I don't know. No, I don't that, know that was, he, no, he was like with the forties. That was he? like the thirties or forties or fifties. This is Jim shooter being an old man thinking, Oh, the kids <laughs> today still know my football players, right? Well, we do. But do we only know Newt Rockney because we live in Indiana? I mean, I know him because I'm a football nut, but I also noticed yeah. he, he spelled the name wrong. He added in a Y at the end. That is funny. Wow. I, I definitely did not notice that. Um. Okay, so where are we? I'm looking for where we are. I'm looking. Oh, so while Asa is watching this game, he's kind of over by himself in the corner and he uses the watcher's computer to see everything that his weapon can do in the same way that the TV show everything that's happened. He's like, I wonder if this thing can show me everything that my weapon can do. Um, and it can do, as we said earlier, it can do whatever he wants it to do. So he can conquer the universe or the multiverse or whatever with this weapon. Yeah, and that's why Uatsu says he took the bet because it's so dangerous. He needs to do whatever he can, even if it's like taking the worst bet in the world, betting on a team down fifty-six to nothing. He has to do it to have the chance of taking this weapon away from him. Its real power is helping out lazy writers. <laughs> <laughs> its real power is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> its real power is Jim Shooter was on a bender, and this is what he could come up with. <laughs> oh gosh i i need to read more from this guy i like him (laughs) you truly don't (laughs) it's okay so spidey finally scores a touchdown we're back on the field it's 56 to 7 and then he gives a corny inspirational speech about believing in yourself and being the best that you can be and if you forget what it says on the scoreboard i don't care what the score says at the end of the game in my book, you're going to be winners. And Asa is gloating. And the watcher knows there's still time on the clock, though. And all of a sudden, the TDs just start rolling in. Spidey catches one. They return an interception for a TV. Before you know it, it's 56 to 45. They're, 
their football math is a little shaky in this deck. I'm <laughs> sure that you noticed that also. I'm positive you were adding it up as you were seeing stuff. It's it's questionable at best. It's questionable. I think I figured out what needed to happen though, because it's fifty six to forty five, and then it cuts back and Asai is like, <laughs> it's so funny. He's yelling at the TV like a gambling degenerate. <laughs> and he's and I say this as someone who tried to gamble for a living and does not do it anymore because it was not profitable for me. You don't uh, say. Yeah, I know. Shocking. Um, and he's yelling at the TV. He's like, you can't get tackled in your own end zone. It's a safety. Everybody knows that. And that's what made it 56 to 45. So what had to have happened was there were some mixed extra points to go with the touchdowns. Okay. Okay. That's what I figured out happened. They scored all those touchdowns and then they missed a couple extra points and then they got the safety. So now it's 56 to 45. Or maybe they were going for two sometimes. That could definitely be it. That could be. Maybe they were going for two and they failed. But either way, they they messed up at something. What if they weren't um, getting seven points for every touchdown they scored? Right. What if uh, the watchers TV also has magic powers that just, you know, randomly appear when necessary and him, <laughs> him yelling at that team, like they hear it and they're like, you know what? We, we need to play smarter ball guys. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. He could like communicate with them two ways. Yeah. <laughs> So with one minute left in the game, it's 56 to 45. And Asa, whoops, I just edited my notes. Asa cheats and beams down a power boost to truck, which is apparently something the watcher's computer can do. Sure. I guess now, I, now I'm seeing the Jim Shooter thing. Of just anything can do anything. Just keep the story moving. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's like he started writing and he didn't even know where the story was going. <laughs> Uh, so he beams a power boost to truck and truck immediately hits a blue team kid as they score a touchdown and it makes it 56 to 51. So once again, they must miss this extra point because it doesn't go to 56 to 52 or 53. So they score a touchdown, but the kid who scores gets injured and because truck just got superpowers and knocked him out. So now truck is like, the game is over. You guys are a player short. And the other team's like, well, earlier you said we could play a player short, but now the game's over. And he's like, that's just the way it is. Those are the rules. And because he's insecure, he's, he's, he's worried about losing now. And at this point he should be because they've just pretty much come back. And the other team has Spider-Man. Yes. (laughs) I mean, Um, that had something to do with the comeback. And Spider-Man's like, kid, you'd be a great lawyer because you are full of it, man. And uh, just then, Gerbil, the injured kid from earlier in the game, leaps off the bench. And he's like, Spider-Man, I believe in myself. I can play now. And Spider-Man's like, you are literally limping as we're like, as you're walking onto the field. You cannot be playing in this football game. And just then... We get a Peter Tingle and Spider-Man notices. I think this game is more important than just this game. This, something about this feels important. And he's like, okay, kid, you're in. We need There's you. no way. No way. I'm calling BS. 
on the Spidey sense? Yes. No, I loved it. <laughs> why would it just now be a thing then? Like that that this is the most dire moment. Like why didn't when he jumped in the game, he's like, "Oh, wait a minute. This game has repercussions." Oh you know what? I want to look up. What Which, um okay, what year was this made? Do you know? I think 87. So it says 85 at the okay. top of this. Oh my gosh. I think that's when yeah. the series started. I know exactly what happened from Jim. His name is Jim Shooter also, isn't it? Yeah. I know exactly what happened and how this came to be. Okay. okay? Jim Shooter watched the movie Hoosiers <laughs> and loved it because, because there is a character named Shooter in it. Okay. Who also goes on benders, which it maybe sounds like is what no, this guy no, does. no, no, no. Do no, not okay, take okay, my word okay, for that. Okay, I'm not going to say that. But there is a character named Shooter in it, and he is a great character. I really like Shooter. So there's that. There's the speech that Spider-Man gives about believing in yourself and forgetting about what the score says and just be the best you can be. And I, our listeners probably don't know, and you might not even know, but I ended when I was doing that speech with the actual Hoosier speech. Because it sat, it reminded me of it so much. And then in the movie Hoosiers, the kid gets injured. It's actually Shooter's son that gets injured. And the coach is like, you got to go play. We need you. And then they end up. And then he's like, he has a better moment. And he's like, never mind. This kid is like hurt, bleeding to death. You cannot go back into the game and play. And he takes him out. And he's like, you're too hurt to play. And that's kind of what Spider-Man was doing. And I think, and that movie and Hoosiers came out in 1986. I like where you're going with this. I really do. I, I don't want to like break your heart because I can tell it's really important to you that Jim Shooter <laughs> had a plan for this issue. I think you're just describing every movie trope, like in a sports genre. And I think that's what he's going for. I think I might be. I think I might be also. Because he it's you're just if you're trying to manufacture high drama for a sport that like isn't real, then these are the things you come back to is, oh, you know, all hope was lost. Oh, they had to rely on an injured player. Oh, you know, the stakes were hot. Like what else? But could you've got to admit the coincidences with the shooter name and the year. And I and the inspirational speech. I don't know, Zach. I no. I he specifically talks about forgetting what the score is and just believing in yourself. And that is the exact speech from Hoosiers. But that's the exact speech from every movie. You're right. I like that you're tying it together like that. I'm going to pretend this is like uh, Daredevil and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thing. And you're completely right. And the resemblance is just uncanny. But I think there's probably. Eight other things where the resemblance would Pro- be uncanny. Probably. probably. So Spider senses with the Spidey sense that there's something more important to this game. And he lets Gerbil, the injured kid, play. So they kick off because they just scored a touchdown. And Truck has the ball. And he's running like a truck. And because he's got the superpowers and Spidey can't tackle him. He's just hanging off him, getting dragged. Because he's not allowed to use his super strength. But he is able to poke the ball loose. So he causes a fumble and the blue team falls on it. And Zach, how did he cause the fumble? Was it dirty? No. Did he a, use a second hand or a web or something? I no, don't see. It was a peanut punch. Okay. 
That's what I thought too. But then afterwards, Truck is like, "That was a dirty play," and I was like, "I don't, I don't see how it was dirty." Truck I was is thinking a no maybe- crybaby. <laughs> He's That's that kid true. who's gonna complain whenever anything fairly goes against him and he's going to downplay it whenever you know he can you know skirt the rules to his advantage he's just that kid that you hate playing sports with yeah (laughs) so the blue team's got it they're down 56 51 there's eight seconds left one time one time for one more it happens once an episode folks (laughs) time for one more play in the game and Spider-Man's like, I'll go deep. And they're like, no, everyone's going to be expecting that. Which also happens in Hoosiers, by the way. They're like, so we need what? to give the ball to they're like, we need to give the ball to Jimmy. And they're like, everyone's going to be expecting that. We need to run a play for someone else. So I'm just I, I'm making these connections on the spot. I didn't think about I, this. In- <laughs> I get it. But okay, we're gonna send the one guy that's adult sized. <laughs> has super speed and sticky fingers. We're going to send him deep. And they say, oh no, but all They'll the 12 year olds will know that's what we're doing. So what, you know, sometimes the whole stadium knows that you might run Marshawn Lynch at the one yard line at the end of the Super Bowl, and you still have to do it. You don't have to. I'm just saying it's, <laughs> it's the smart thing to do. Yeah. So they decide, like Zach said, they're sending gerbil deep. <laughs> nobody's going to be covering him. He's limping down the sideline, you know? So Peter Spider-Man is going to be the quarterback, which I don't know about the strategy of that, but yes, that's another thing. So (laughs) if you think they're all going to go after him, send him the other way as a decoy. Yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen, but Spider-Man is the QB. So I guess they are thinking we're just all going to rush him, which is not great strategy by the defense either, but this 12 year olds this issue relies on two things tools that you know randomly have extra powers whenever you need them to and assuming the audience doesn't have any football sense that's true yeah i don't think they expected two people who watch football and play football not play football but you know watch football as much as we do to be analyzing this yeah, 30 years later, no less. <laughs> so Spidey calls hike. He throws it deep. Eight seconds left. We cut to the ball in the air. Back to gerbil. Seven seconds left. Back to Owatu watching. Six seconds left. Back to truck. He's watching the ball in the air. Five seconds left. We cut to the ball. Back to Spidey. To the ball. To Asa. There's two seconds left. We cut back to gerbil. One second. He's got it. But he's short of the goal line, Zach. He's five <gasps> yards short. And tr- there's only thing one one thing between him, between him and the goal line, and it's truck. And Gerbil, <laughs> taking Spider-Man's speech to heart, plows through truck on the way to the goal line. Touchdown, blue team, 58 to 56. He trucks truck. He truck. Did I say that? No. Oh, my. How did I miss that? <laughs> He trucked truck. Asa panics quickly and thinks to himself as the game ends, I need to kill the watcher before before I release him, obviously. The watcher teleports Asa's weapon away instantly as he's thinking about that. I don't know how he got out. Maybe he could have gotten out the whole time. Oh, he released him to watch the game, didn't he? 
Yeah, I think Asa so. Asa released the law. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, I know you're honorable. You're not going to screw me over. Yeah. So that's why I was wondering during the game when Asa is like finding out more about his weapon and beaming down powers, where was the watcher? During? Was he just like letting him explore his like kitchen? I don't. He had that much faith in Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. He's just like watching the game. <laughs> um. So, uh, so Uatsu teleports Asa's weapon away. He says, I know you tried to fix the bet uh, by giving trucks. I don't, he says, I don't know how you tried to fix it, but I know you did something referring to him giving trucks superpowers. And he knows he was about to welch on the bet also. And Asa begs him for mercy. And the watcher says, you will have mercy, but you are going to regret it. And he teleports him away. We cut to the interior of a Vegas blackjack or a Vegas casino blackjack table. The dealer accidentally deals a joker out and apologizes saying he's nervous. This is, this is my first day on the job. The man at the table doesn't think anything of it. He says, Oh, it's okay. And he picks the card off and he kind of laughs it off and he's looking at the joker and he says, ah, this poor fellow looks like he might want to be in on the action. And the dealer says, you think the joker would like to make a bet? You've been looking at that card too long, sir. We cut to the Joker card and we see it's Asa and he's been forced, trapped into a poker card forever, watching people bet, but never being able to get on on the action himself. And he's the card that they always get upset to see because they're not he's not supposed to even be in the deck. Ah, I didn't even catch that. So he might not even get to watch. He's going to have all of this going around all the time. And he's, he's just like, going to be stuck in the deck. Stuck he's like in the, yeah. face down in the bottom of the deck, hearing like the chips hit the table and yeah. people get excited. True, truly a, a terrible hell for a gambling degenerate. <laughs> yeah. You know, let's not give him any resources to try and overcome his addiction. Let, let's just throw him in the <laughs> let's, system. Let's make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> let's put this alcoholic in a bar watching other people drink forever. That, yeah. That'll, that'll teach his lesson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, What did you think? I mean, I think we know what I think. I know, and I think we know what I think, too. (laughs) Okay, uh, do you have a grading scale for us? I do. What's our grading scale? I thought this was phenomenal. I had so much fun reading it. It was my favorite episode we've done. Also, oh, we should have said this at the beginning, but Zach and I couldn't. If you are trying to follow along with this episode on Marvel Unlimited, you are having a hard time finding it because it's not on there. And we thought we weren't going to be able to record this in time for the Super Bowl. So I went on eBay and I just bought the first one I could find. It's not like it was crazy expensive. It was like 25 bucks. Um, so I have this comic book actually shipping to me right now. And then Zach did find it on some shady site that keeps giving me pop-ups like a million times while I try to read it. <laughs> Same. Um, so we did end up getting to read it, but I am so glad that I bought this comic. I'm going to be so happy to, to put it next to my Batman comics that I have. Yeah. I was going to say, you should like frame it and display it. I might, I might actually, that's a good idea. So my grading scale, I gave this a Super Bowl 57 out of 57. Ooh. Okay. (laughs) I like it. Um, Man, I was so ready for a scale of 10. I got to think here what that would even be. (laughs) So 
I I can get down with like the cheesy old timey comics. Not, I mean, some people are going to be mad that I called something from the 80s old timey, but it's older than me. Um, I can get down with like the the cheesiness and the fun and it not being that serious. I just don't love the specific like sometimes that's done in a way where you're like, oh, that was, you know, cute and like kid friendly and you know kind of silly but also sort of well planned out and this wasn't that this was like uh you know (laughs) this was just like a goofball issue that you could tell was treated like that when it was being made it it was and i i really really liked that that's that's one thing i thought about i was like you know not every episode has to go towards a bigger thing and like i guess technically the universe was at stake but it it never felt like it really. No. You know, it was just like it was just two guys betting on like two intergalactic people betting on a game of touch football or something on Earth. And I just thought it was fun. And it reminded me of a Superman and Batman comic, but I've never read, but I have heard about it. And it's just like Superman and Batman going out, like having a day where they like play tennis against each other and you know just do like normal people stuff and i'm like that that's fun you know yeah i like the lighthearted issues sometimes i mean yeah. i i love it when you know you get like an x-men issue where they're just playing baseball or going to the mall or something um yeah i we're even gonna encounter some things like that in the ultimate series and i'll probably you know be really favorable to it i'll say this this was my favorite jim shooter written comic <laughs> ever uh, what'd you say it was out of Super Bowl 57? Super Bowl 57 out of 57 is what I okay. gave it. I'm going to give it 37 out of 57 Super Bowls. Okay, so now real quick, let's. if that happens to be the 2006 get, did you already look that up? Is that what that is? Is that the 2006 Super Bowl? No, no we that was 41. Like 41. Didn't we? Yep. Yeah. Look at that. We both knew that off the top of our heads. XLI, baby. Super Bowl, you said 37? Yeah. Wait, don't tell me. I'm going to work backwards. I bet I can tell you who played and who is the MVP. So, 40. Okay, Okay, so. I'm very excited for this. Okay, so, obviously, 41 was Colts. 40 was the Steelers, which would mean that was 2005. So, uh, 39 was Patriots. 38 would have been Patriots. 37 would be 2002-2003 season, Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> over Oakland Raiders. And who was the MVP that game? It, what, is oh, that game what is that game also known as? Uh, oh, the John Gruden Bowl? The John Gruden Bowl, yep. Uh, okay, so the... This the MVP. I might have spoke too soon. The MVP for that one. It was like it's a, a tough one. It was like a cornerback or a safety that had like two interceptions and didn't do anything else for the rest of his career. I'm not gonna get it. I Dexter I, Jackson safety. Dexter, I wanted to say Dexter Lawrence, but I'm like he's not a DB. Dexter Jackson. Okay. <laughs> wow. Well done. Well done. And let's see, just for anyone wondering, 
37 out of 57 is a 65%. So, oh, I could give it more than that. Let me, okay, let me make it. Let me make it. Make uh, it 41. I'll make Colts. it for, 41 out of 57. 41 out of 57. That's a much more generous 72%. And yeah. it's the one that the Colts won. Yep, I'll, I'll stay there. So that's a 7 out of 10 on another scale. Yeah, yep. Seems right. Okay. Well, um, do we have any Super Bowl predictions? I I like the Eagles. I'm going like, to say... Like you like them like as in you're rooting for them, or you like them as in you're... You like them to win the game. Like, I, I like their team. I like the way it's built. I wouldn't mind them winning. But I was going to say, I think Patrick Mahomes gets his second. I think you have a score. I'm going to say it's going to be pretty high scoring. I think both offenses will be rolling. Let's say 38-31. Um, okay. 38-31. I can dig it. And I'd be happy with that result because yeah. I'm rooting for the Chiefs um, because I I really like Patrick Mahomes and, you know, the Chiefs and Travis Kelsey and all those guys. I am worried we might see a repeat of the when this Chiefs played the Bucks and he was totally let down by his receiving core. They couldn't get open. He was running for his life the entire game because I think – they are very fortunate they didn't lose against the Bengals because the offense looked pretty anemic for the second half of the game. And I'm worried that we might see that, you know, if Mahomes is limping and their receivers are limping, then the game's going to be over before it gets started. So, but I'm going to assume that everyone is going to come into the game healthy and remain healthy. If the Chiefs receivers leave the game healthy, I think that they win and... I'm going to say I think we see a I'll say a 27 to 17 Super Bowl. I think the bright lights might be a little too uh bright for the Eagles. Yeah. They're, they're they're just young, you know. I wouldn't expect them to come into the Super Bowl being this young and everyone plays to like their full potential. Yeah, know? sure. Even if they lose, like I feel good about their odds of being Absolutely. Back. Oh my god! Yeah, there's so and if and and I it would not surprise me if they won, but I do think if the Chiefs are healthy, they win. If they aren't healthy, I I think we could see another like thirty-one to ten type of game because that the the Chiefs' offense looked so bad against the Bengals. They're so lucky that they won that game. Well, I also think there's something to you know the Chiefs barely got past that game. The Eagles, the Eagles handily. Have they handily won the NFC championship game. I and feel they like handily so won the giant and they handily beat the giants. The Eagles have not been tested by like anybody all year. Exactly. So that's, that's why I think they could come out and just put up a dud. And I think there's something too when you've been rolling that much that long, like at some point it's going to end. Like whenever we go in talking about, oh, this team barely won last week and this team killed the other team last week. And, you know, we have that dynamic. I feel like as soon as people talk about it, that's when it shifts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm rooting. I'll be rooting for the Chiefs. They're, my, 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 we'll call him rival. And I'm putting it in quotes. And my fantasy league is like the biggest Eagles fan in the world. And watching the Eagles win the Super Bowl against the Patriots years ago was like one of the most fun days ever. 
because I hated the Patriots at the time as much as he loved the Eagles. Um, but but now he's my rival, so I, I I don't want them to win. But also, there's a little sixth grade girl at the school, and she's like the biggest Eagles fan in the world, and I'm like, oh, but I kind of want her to be happy, you know? So <laughs> yeah, but I'm rooting for the Chiefs. So I'll be happy with the Chiefs win. Gotcha. Um, Sorry so, if my dogs are going crazy in the background as we wrap up. It's okay. So, John, um, given that this is our probably our only football, com- completely football themed episode, I know we talk about it a lot. Do you have a favorite football movie? Remember the Titans, 100%. You want to expand on that? Oh, uh, gosh. I mean, let's see. Oh my gosh, Zach. You know what I'm realizing right this second? What's that? Someone gets hurt. The coach gives an <laughs> inspirational speech. <laughs> the injured player comes back in and scores. the. They watched Hoosiers and read Spider-Man before writing Remember the Titans. It was directly based off of this web of Spider-Man issue. I think it might have been. <laughs> wow. That's great. What's yours? So you're going to be surprised by this. I, for as much as I love football and as much as I love movies, I really do not like most football movies. I don't know why. I, I think it's that they have to lean on those like sports tropes, you know, that we were just talking about. Um, and remember I remember the Titans is timeless, dude. I cannot that, it's, sit it's, through. Remember the it's, Titans. It's not about, I think you're, it's, it's not about football, Zach. Right. Okay. It's about black people and white people learning to live together. Well, you I know, can a message that transcends football. I can get behind that. I just <laughs> I don't I don't know why. You're like, I cannot sit through an hour and a half of that message. I no, no. I think football movies are really drama movies with a little bit of football around them. And if I'm in a football mood, I'm just going to watch the whole game, man. Okay. I can appreciate that. I appreciate that. I do have a favorite football adjacent movie, which is draft day with Kevin Costner. (laughs) I watch it every year before the draft and oh my gosh i wanted to be an nfl scout i wanted to be one of the people in those rooms and let me tell you it's not even a little bit accurate <laughs> that's that's why that's why i was i i am so surprised that it's your favorite movie because i was hoping you were not about to be like He's just such a good GM. He's wheeling and dealing, baby. (laughs) Absolutely not. Like, I wouldn't even run a fantasy team like that. But (laughs) the one thing that it is very good at is it captures the spirit of the draft, just like the optimism and the excitement of the day. Hello, Shiloh. John says hello. Hi. You leaving? Yeah. All right. Love you. All right. I don't know what time we'll be back. Okay. Love you. Bye. That was Zach's wife, Shyla. Yeah, she had to make a cameo appearance. Yes. Okay, tell me more about draft day. Uh, yeah, it's just like it captures the spirit of how exciting the draft is. That There's all these brand new shiny players that are entering the league and you don't know which one's going to be on your team. And then once you do draft him, you can delude yourself into believing he was the best guy in that draft class and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And 
everyone across the league is doing the exact same thing. It's like the only like day in football that everyone feels good. Well, I don't feel good about the draft usually really (laughs) as a Colts fan, but I don't know. I shouldn't say that. I'm I'll always be salty about Quentin Nelson being drafted before Josh Allen. Oh, I mean, we had Andrew Luck at the time. Why would we have taken Josh Allen? We had Andrew Luck for like three more weeks, but we didn't know we had. I know, him. I know, I know, I know. No. We didn't know. We didn't know. We but... had him that whole season. Josh Allen's yeah. rookie season. We had Andrew no, Luck. I've I looked it up. I've I have looked it up and now you're going to make me look it up again. So I'm pretty sure that the draft was in the drafts in April. Right. And I'm pretty sure Andrew Luck retired that August. What year did Andrew Luck retire? Don't look it up. Oh, it it was um, 2019. Unfortunately, just looked it up. But yeah, August of 2019. And Quentin Nelson and Josh Allen were in the 2018 draft. Because we got a season of Nelson and Luck With together. Luck? Yeah. Okay, well, you know, my revisionist history says something different. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll 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 have to honor that next time we talk um, about this. But, you know, I think, I think the only wrong thing you said about draft day was it's exactly like I run my fantasy team. <laughs> I am wheeling and dealing. I'm talking to one guy and and I'm telling him I'm talking to Ben right now. I'm about to get this guy to Ben. I can flip him to you for somebody else. You know, <laughs> that's all I'm doing. Right. But you're not trading away a bunch of assets at 9 a.m. And then <laughs> trading tra- back and then- for what you could have had at 10 a.m. But you're still out like those mid round picks, but you did it with style. And then you somehow get them all back at the end of the day, plus more. But he didn't even. That's the thing. People think that the, that final yeah, he does note still lo- is like triumphant. But he still like lost a first round pick or something. He lost a lot. I, I mean, I'd have to go back and rewatch and keep track of it, but he definitely overpaid for and this is this is something that we Colts fans know too well he overpaid to build in the non-premium positions he got like a linebacker and a running back yeah yeah that's good linebacker running back uh franchise pick that's pretty good it yeah, was yeah. Chaz- Chadwick Bozeman or he was the linebacker right yeah Chadwick was the linebacker yeah, yeah. Von- Vontae Mack no matter what All right, this was fun. This was a good first bonus episode. Catch us next week back in our uh, regularly scheduled um, coverage of the Ultimate Spider-Man series. See ya. Bye.